2: Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radio Lab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get podcasts. This is All of It on WNYC. I'm Allison Stewart. We've had an amazing set of interviews for our Black Art History Month series this February. We spoke to artists Ming Smith, Senga Nungudi, Alison Saar, and Fahim Mahid. We heard about the Black Potters exhibit at the Met and the New York Historical Society. We remembered Winfred Rembert with his widow Patsy and spoke to the first Black woman to have a nationally syndicated comic strip. Today, we finish the series with someone who is one of a handful of Black female gallery owners, the first in the Chelsea district. Nicola Vessel opened her own space in 2021 on 10th Avenue and 18th Street after years of honing her craft and connections at other major galleries and working with some major art collectors. Nicola Vessel, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Allison. It's wonderful to be here. The show of enlightenment and good citizenship.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember... Or what do you remember about your earliest impression of what art is or art was? Yeah. Well, you know, I grew up in
1: Jamaica, the island of Jamaica. And looking back at my early childhood, I I sort of remember that art was inherent. It was everywhere. You know, of course, music being the mainstay of the kind of uh, larger cultural expression. But um, Jamaicans are, want to, you know, be incredibly expressive. Visual resonance is very important. Uh, creative expression is very important. So the, uh, you know, arts in general uh, felt very natural to me and, and something that was sort of baked in.
2: When did you realize you wanted to head to New York City?
1: Oh, you
2: know, I actually
1: understood that from early in my teens, I was described as a a quite willful child. And something about the normative, uh, you know, kind of structure of life at home didn't really appeal to me. So I understood that I would have to venture outwards. And at a certain point, New York just seemed like the most exciting place to do that, and i I pursued that idea quite vigorously to my poor mother's
2: chagrin. I was going to say now that you're an adult what does what does willful child mean to you? What did they really mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, no willful children have to be um understood and appreciated mm-hmm. for an actual kind of um sense of of self-determination. I think that that's the translation Mm -hmm. as as an adult. Um, Perhaps at a young age it's not in a form that can be easily understood but I do think that often we're granted by the gods or by the universal wisdom with certain uh, traits and characteristics And, and I think willfulness when Properly
2: shaped really is the the the, the bedrock of of, of self determination. Yeah, you know I've talked to other parents about that, and they've said you know you don't want to break a kid's will, you want to support it and enhance it, but also channel it the right way.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Some some parents can misunderstand that and try to you know impose their will, and I think it's it's a fine balance. You know,
2: what do you consider your big break? in the art scene in New York, that first moment that you know, you wouldn't be sitting here today if that moment hadn't happened?
1: I have to say it was when uh, my very first boss, Jeffrey Deitch, took a chance on bringing me into his program, you know, and hiring me and allowing me to to work uh, with the gallery. Uh, You know, I'd had a, a life in New York prior to that point. I think I'd been in New York about eight years by then and you know i was very involved with the downtown scene i had come as a model to new york city and so I was very involved with fashion but i really enjoyed sort of avant garde parts of it and i suppose that was the uh early permutations of uh a life destined towards you know us kind of channeling uh creative um talent into the world but uh so yeah i i i I understood that Jeffrey was a hub for many things, sort of very interesting performance. He also absolutely welcomed the fashion crowd. He is, uh, you know, he's a great scholar of art history, also, but was a a very big risk taker, and frankly populated uh, his community and his immediate uh, surroundings, you know, sort of the staff with very interesting, um, unusual, and and ultimately. Very um, fertile uh, personalities. So, yeah, I would say Jeffrey really saying, you know, let's go for it, and and and, and passing his knowledge along. That that was that that was a big break for me.
2: My guest, is Nicola Vassel. she is a gallery owner of the eponymous Nicola Vassel Gallery on 10th Avenue around 18th Street. You know, it's interesting. Getting and in, working with Jeffrey is thats a big deal early in one's career. What is Uh, something that you learned during that experience that you still come back to today? Wow, that's
1: a great question. I have to say there were many things I learned from Jeffrey that I still uh, carry and, and pull out of the toolbox. One of the most important things is to constantly look you know, mm-hmm. to never give up on one's curiosity because looking really uh, makes you understand how to see, you know, and continuously seeking out talent and keeping one's air to the street, you know, trying to get a sense of you, who the interesting artists are, what they're making and how that relates uh, meaningfully to the kind of ripples that are are, are pulsing through society. Um, Also, you know, how to be a a good sort of relationship builder with clients and how absolutely to form a community of artists, uh, very much anchored by, uh, you know, a a kind of um, unyielding support of artists and and their ambitions. So, you know, and I'm sure I'll think of a few Mm -hmm. things as we go along,
2: but those stand out to me. I'm glad you brought up artists' relationships. The New York Times did a profile of you and they described your first major relationship with an artist was with Kahinde Wiley. Who That's first right. Did President Obama's yes. portrait and has an amazing yes. piece in the Brooklyn Museum. Yes. Um how did you meet? What did you see?
1: So we met in his studio. Um it was right when I just started working with Jeffrey. And he had landed on the cover of Art in America. Uh, it was a wonderful uh, profile written by the uh, incredibly uh, brilliant uh, professor Sarah Lewis, and it was it was the it felt like the beginnings of uh, a very strong community. Uh, I just I remember so vividly that night in his studio in Chelsea on Twenty Third Street, and uh, you know and it became very clear to me shortly after meeting him that there was n- not a force in the world that would stop Kihinde because he was a force himself and that he had absolutely kind of amb- ambitions to, uh, to, s- to speak to the world in, in, in his own voice and to, you know, really present the ideas that, uh, are the foundation of of, of his practice uh, into the world, which at the time, you know, it's, it's more commonplace now. A lot of the things that uh, Kehinde, uh, uh, you know, what he had, you know, kind of aimed for, but at the time it was it was it, it was fairly novel in the context of that period, and so you know, but there was nothing that was going to stop him. He is uh, he too is willful and without question <laughs> a force of nature.
2: During the course of your career, you were a director at one of the Blue Chip Galleries, Pace. You had your own consultancy um, and you worked with the Dean Collection, which is this amazing family art collection of Swiss Beats and, and Alicia Keys. And in your work with them, you did something called the No Commission Project. And I mm-hmm. thought this was really interesting. Would you explain this project and the origin of the initiative? Oh,
1: Absolutely. So, at, when uh, No Commission launched, I was, you know, a couple of years into my consultancy, and uh, and I was really looking for unusual projects. You know, having spent my time in you know the gallery white cube setting, I really wanted to go out into the world and 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 and, and have some conversations, and. Kasim, you know Alicia. They are incredibly generous, and you know they love connecting with community and spreading messages. And at the time, he he really felt strongly about the artist's position in the kind of economic framework of um, of the art ecosystem. And so it was a marriage of a number of um, you know aims. Namely, uh no commission was a music festival, an art fair kind of uh, married together that so you know, but how we presented it was through it was an invitational, so we it was like a curated project. We invited artists to participate. We would have the uh fa- you know the fair the fair and festival mm-hmm. for about three to four days, and we would sell works and the artists would keep one hundred percent of of, of the earnings hence the title no commission so a number of things were achieved obviously Kaseman and, and Alicia being music people they were really able to tap into their um, Frameworks and and bring incredible talent to this four and then of course we really had an opportunity to invite artists to do something they hadn't done and there was a huge economic benefit on the back end so I think we ticked a couple of very interesting boxes. And we took it all around the world over a number of years. You know, we did it, of course, here nationally in uh, New York. We did it in the Bronx, which is uh, Kasim's home, uh, you know, um, part of the city. Yeah. And we did it in Miami. We also took it to London. We went as far as Shanghai. We were in Berlin. You know, it was
2: fabulous. My guest is Nicola Vassel. Then that's the name of her gallery as well. So, Nicola, when did you know you were going to open your own gallery? What void did you know you wanted to
1: fill? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question on the heels of no commission, because by the time we sort of closed out that project, you know, I I was pretty exhausted and I felt I'd hit a a ceiling, you know, a ceiling, my curiosity ceiling in terms of, you know, kind of running around and, you know, trying to uh, have these conversations. And at a certain point I had a yearning for the early days, going back to a a very much a a kind of traditional way of of operating in the art world while understanding that the world had really changed since then. So that, you know, occurred to me to be a very interesting uh, prospect. And at the same time, I realized that there would be, uh, you know, an efficiency to kind of consolidating all those efforts into one place. So it was more, of, you know, I'm a Virgo, so I love efficiencies. And so it was, uh, it was, it wasn't, it was really about, it was my logical mind initially veering towards the notion of efficiency. And at a certain point, I realized that, you know, myself and my amazing team, we could really, um, use this as 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 a a, 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 a quietly revolutionary
2: uh, platform. Your very first show was with someone who's actually a recent guest on on this show, Ming Smith. What did you want? Why did you want Ming's show to be your first? Her photography oh. is is spectacular, but there there must have been something about her and your relationship with her that this would be your first show in your gallery. <laughs>
1: Yes. Amazing. I mean, Ming and I have a very interesting story and our beginnings are really unlike any other uh, beginning I had with an artist. I, Ming and I danced together for many years. Okay. So we were doing Afro-Cuban together mm-hmm. at Ailey Extension and sometimes Geneva. And I knew her in the context of dance. And I hadn't made the connection at that point that she was the Mink Smith that I went on to know. And then at a certain point, actually, at one of our earliest new commissions, a great mutual friend of ours, Sherry Bronfman, connected us. And when I understood what this was, I I said, oh, my goodness, this is, uh, Mm. you know, a a kind of uh, brilliant diamond hidden away. And so, you know, Ming and I just spent time forging over a number of years prior to opening the gallery, a very wonderful uh, relationship and sisterhood. We would dance, we would go eat. We lived in Harlem together. We went to the park, you know. So it was very much like a a sisterhood. And she was integral to, um, you know, the fortitude that was required to open this gallery. So she was very much a support system. And at a certain point, as she began to peel back the layers of her archive, I, you know, I was just astonished even further that, you know, Ming is really a once-in-a-generation kind of artist. You have different kinds of artists, mm-hmm. and she is of the slant that... um is really kind of gifted by the god somehow. She's having a conversation in a, 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 some other paradigm that allows her to see how mm-hmm. she sees and create how she creates, given the kind of um, minuscule opportunity that any um, sh- actual image affords you when you're taking that photograph. So I understood that she was uh, channeling uh, something yes. and that she needed to be heard simply because you know of that uh that power and um you know so it in like- a sense being really represented you know her 5 decades of of adventure fearlessness curiosity as a woman as a woman of color in the world traveling capturing and then you know you know alchemically shifting w- what what uh, you know photography even looks like and feels like you know i understood that she was the kind of the underline right she was the embodiment of what we we hope to achieve with the gallery there was no question in my mind she was going to be our inaugural show for that reason
2: you should go check out nicola Vassel's gallery at 18th street and Tenth Avenue, Nicola. Thank you so much for making time for us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, my pleasure. Thank you for your uh, good work, and and keep
1: keep it up. You know, support public radio, everyone. <laughs> this is all of it.
0: WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink. Drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use wnyc at checkout. That's zbiotics.com slash WNYC and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off.